Hello, and welcome to Andrew Burns Presents, the show where I take you on an audio journey through my stories. I'm your host and narrator, Andrew Burns. I also go by the pen name A. Lawrence Burns. In this series, I will be reading you my collected works of short stories and novels, so sit back and enjoy the journey. Continuing on with The Farthest Man From Home, Chapter 3. The cell phone beeped annoyingly at him, four missed calls. Law didn't bother to look at the caller ID to find out who had called him. He already knew who it was, and truth be told, he didn't really care. There was no one he really wanted to talk to at the moment. Two hours had passed since he left Katie's house, and he still had no idea what was going on with him. At first he thought about hitting the bar, but he decided against it. He knew too many people there, and that would be the first place Katie would think to look for him. How she didn't think that something was going was wrong with him boggled his head. People do not change their body structure that drastically in just a matter of hours. Even though he was freaked out about the whole thing, he did feel a sense of pride in a small corner of his mind. The body he had now was exactly the type he dreamed of having. All throughout high school, Law was incredibly skinny. He was always portrayed as a wuss and was discouraged to try out for any kind of sports. His manhood was always in question. Growing up this way let, left its own kind of mark on him. He became with lift, obsessed with lifting weights and martial arts. For a time, he walked around picking fights with anyone he could find, whether they were friends or not. Eventually, he decided that he needed to pursue one of the manliest careers he knew of, police officer. No matter how hard he tried during the tryouts, he always blew away the competition. He couldn't he just couldn't land a, do a job with any local departments. Every time he had chalked it up to not having the size needed to cut an int intimidating enough figure to be a cop. It had only pushed his obsession deeper and he pushed himself even harder after that. But now he did have the size to make other people jealous of him and he should be happy. He could get a cop job and finally be able to quit the stupid grocery store job. Maybe Katie and he would get more serious if he had a good job to support them. But, as it always was in his life, he didn't trust the good things that happened to him. The paranoid part of his mind was loud, and it would not let him enjoy it. After driving for an hour and a half, he thought he had needed the only thing that had ever given him a sense of peace. He needed to go stargazing. He turned on the road that would take him to his favorite spot, a canal road a half an hour out of town. He loved that spot. It was far enough out of town that there was a little... There was little light pollution, but not so far out that he wasted too much gas getting there. He checked his gas gauge, and he was told he needed to get a few dollars to get there. He pulled into the first gas station he came to and was pissed to see that the gas there was ten cents more than anywhere else. Knowing that it was the only gas station on this side of town, he opened the door and got out. He leaned against the bed of his truck while he watched the cents on the pump fly by. He was distracted by the sound of giggling. Coming out of the station with a six-pack in his hand was a guy of about 27 holding hands with a girl of the same age. She held his bicep in, with her other arm as they walked out of the doors. He noticed both of them had a ring on their finger, married. They laughed and talked sweetly to each other and looked to be very much in love. Law envied them. They looked very happy and seemed as if they didn't have a care in the world while he tried to comprehend the weird thing that had hap been happening to him lately. Why couldn't he be that happy? 
His thoughts on the couple were broken when a sheriff's office car pulled in behind him. He let out an exasperated sigh and rolled his eyes. His luck just kept getting better as the night wore on. What do you, what do you do, follow me around all day? Don't you have something better to do, he asked the officer that exited the car. Just making sure you're keeping your nose clean, son. Don't, don't you want to think that you can... Don't want you to think that you can just break the law without me being there, the cop said. He ran his flashlight over Law's truck, inspecting it. The cop tisked his tongue at a dent Law had gotten in his passenger door while he was at work. Shame to get such a thing on such a lovely truck, eh, Law? Well, 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 shit happens, what can I tell you, he said. He wanted to punch the pompous cop in the face. Vinny Chase, the sheriff himself, had taken a liking to Law over the past six months. For what reason, Law didn't didn't know, but he did know that the man was always thought that he was up to no good. I got money. I am planning to pay on the, for the gas. You can check my wallet if you want. Re, Law reached into his back pocket. Whoa! Chase yelled and pulled out his ta taser. Slowly, bring it out. I do want to make sure of that, as a matter of fact. Law slowly pulled out his wallet keeping his other hand in the air. For a second, Law wished that Chase would taser, tase him. Maybe then he could prove that the guy was off his rocker. He opened his wallet and showed Chase the group of 20s resting in it. Well, all right, good to know. I'll be seeing you, Law. And I'll catch you with something one of these days. Chase got in his car and drove away. Law watched the car until it vanished over the top of a hill. The pump clicked off his tank was full law paid for the gas and bought a new pack of cigarettes having smoked the remainder on his drive he continued on on his journey reached the canal road and got out putting his tailgate down he sat and lit a cigarette he had been chain smoking pretty consistently since leaving katie's house whenever he was stressed out he smoked a lot and boy was he stressed out he took a long drag off his cigarette and held it in then slowly let it out his gaze was fixated on the three stars that made up Orion's belt. He knew most of the constellations by sight and could easily pick them out. However, the hunter was the one that always held his attention. It was as if he felt a strong pull to those three stars, like they were a familiar place that he needed to get back to. He began to think that maybe the answers to all his questions were in those three stars. He never quite felt at home where he was, like he had been placed on Earth. What the fuck is happening to me? He screamed in the night sky. He puffed us on a cigarette and with a whisper added, Just give me a hint. He was still staring at the sky when the three stars lined up in a row and dropped his cigarette in the dirt when he saw a small fourth star pop up in between the second and third ones. Well, that couldn't be. There wasn't another star there and they don't just appear. He stared harder at the new arrival trying to figure out what it was. It got brighter and brighter. For a second, he thought it was going to come. It was coming closer to him. He stepped back, afraid it was going to come crashing down on his head. His ears rang as a flash of dark or white light exploded behind his vision from the star. Darkness followed close behind. Law woke up on his belly, naked. The slab he laid on was cold metal. Goosebumps rippled across his flesh. The air around him. Equally cold, the room he was in smelled of antiseptic. The rational part of his mind 
tried to tell him that he was in the hospital. That by the worst luck imaginable, he'd been hit by by a meteorite or some kind of space junk left by the astronauts. But even that sounded ridiculous. There was no way that he would have survived that. Anything falling from space would have been traveling so fast it would have gone right through his skull. Maybe he was dead and in hell. He carefully lifted his head and chanced to look around. The walls seemed to be glowing. They were such a bright white. He had been to the local hospital plenty of times, and he knew that there was that was not where he was. Not seeing anyone around, he tried to push himself up, only to find that he couldn't. Since waking up, his heart had been racing. Finding out that he was strapped down, he thought that he would have a heart attack. His breathing quick quickened. What? What? What the fuck is this? He cried out. He heard no response. He now knew for sure that he was not in the hospital. He tried moving his legs and found that they were also strapped down. He began to think of possible places he could be. There was no one else on that canal road. He knew that for sure. The area was wide open fields and he had an excellent night vision. He would have seen anyone trying to sneak up on him. He thrashed his arms and legs violently around, trying to break the bonds that held him. All it did was tire him out more than he already was. A cold, scaly hand on his back froze him stiff. He wasn't alone in the room as he first thought. The hand pressed hard on his back, holding him down. He tried to fight against it, but he was so tired. His vision had gone fuzzy, and the grunts he made struggling against whoever was holding him down sounded echoey and distant. He felt way too big. He thought that he might have been drugged. What's going on? Who are you? What are you doing? He cried out again. He heard some chittering noise, like a squirrel yelling at someone who got too close to its stash. Then he heard a noise that sounded like a cassette tape being rewound. He began to turn his head to see whoever was behind him, but another strong hand pushed him ear first, hard under the cold metal. He yelled underneath the hand. Out of the very corner of his peripheral vision, he could barely see the other hand, bright red, pulling out a syringe. An intense pain awakened in his ear as the owner of the hand brought it smashing down, stabbing the syringe deep into Law's ears. Then he was once again surrounded by darkness. Katie fell into the couch in a frustrated huff next to her roommate Ashley. Law had left hours ago and she had no idea where he went. As soon as he pulled away, she ran back into the house and grabbed her car keys. She ran into the garage to get her car to follow him, but by the time she had gotten... Her car started and out of the garage. Law was long gone. She went to the first logical place to find him that she could think of, the shitty bar that Law spent most of his time at, whenever he wasn't with her. No luck, he wasn't there, so she drove around town hoping to catch a glimpse of his truck. No luck there, either. She went to his house and talked to his roommate, who had no idea where he was or even that there was a problem with him. She stayed a little bit longer than she should have liked. Then she should have. She liked Law's roommate Bill and ended up flirting with him. The attraction was not reciprocated, apparently, as Bill seemed as interested in her as a cow would be in a hamburger. He didn't say that much to her other than a quiet, muttered answer. She finally got the hint and went back home. Hopefully, he would come to his senses and come back to her, and they could finish their night. She had the whole night planned to be a wonderful time, she felt guilty for what she had been doing with Randy over the past week and wanted to make it up to him. 
even though she would never fi- he would never find out about her little side fling when she got back to Ashley when she got back Ashley was up watching a reality show couldn't find him huh Ashley asked as soon as Katie was settled on the couch I just wish I knew what was going on with him she sighed and took a drink of wine Ashley poured for her it was fruity and tasted awfully good she drank the entire glass in two large gulps and held her glass out for a refill. She loved Law, but sometimes he seemed more temperamental than most of the girls she knew. He could be happy and joking one minute, then angry and yelling the next. She had another sip of her wine and tears began to flow. I just don't get it. We were having such a good time. I made a great dinner for him. We had awesome sex. There was no arguments at all. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. I have no idea where he went. He won't answer any calls. What happened? Ashley put her arm around Katie's shoulder and hugged her as she cried. That's hard to say, sweetie. Law's always been an odd guy. He never tells anybody that much anyway, so who knows what's going on with him? Ashley said softly. She was stroking Katie's hair. They rocked on the couch while Katie continued to cry. What a stupid thing to freak out about anyway. He's always complaining about how much he hates his body since the first day I met him. Now all that working out he does pays off and he freaks out and runs away. I just don't understand, Katie said with a sniffle. Ashley gave her a tissue and she wiped her eyes and blew her nose. Oh, if he found out about Randy, it would put him over the edge. He'd go nuts. He can't find out about that, Ash. Promise me that he won't find out. She looked pleadingly into Ashley's eyes. She didn't want to think about what would happen if Law found out. He would probably get drunk and drive off a bridge. That's what Law does when he gets upset. He drinks all night and the ghost does stupid things. Three weeks ago, Law and her got into a really big argument about him wanting to become a police officer. She didn't like the idea of it. She would worry too much about him. She said that he needed to do it and it was the only job he'd get where he could get some respect. After the fight, Law left his house and went straight to the bar. She was told that he had 12 beers and 7 shots of vodka. He was so drunk that he fell and busted a table on his way out. The bartender took his keys and called Bill to come and get him. He and Bill drank some more and Law decided that he needed to punch out his bathroom window before he passed out. The deaf shit pulled chunks of glass out of his knuckle and didn't even go to the hospital. When she saw him the next morning, she started to cry. He was white as a sheet and could barely stand. Still, he refused to go to the hospital. He was so stubborn. I won't tell him. I promise he won't hear it from me. Ashley assured her. I've just been so distant and bitchy to him lately. Tonight was supposed to make up for that. I tried to make things better, Katie said sadly, and drank another glass of wine. Katie, there's some things you just can't control. I'm sure he just is just blowing off some steam. He'll come back. He always does. The real question is, do you really want to put up with that shit for the rest of your life? Ashley asked. Katie hugged the throw pillar tightly to her chest and stared at the wall. She wasn't fully sure if she did anymore. Hey, kid, what are you doing? The shoe poked him in the side, brought Law out of the darkness. He tasted dirt in his mouth. He pushed himself up into a sitting position and spit. The voice had come from a short, fat man in a striped shirt and a green hat. He was standing in front of Law with a tractor idling behind him. Dang, boy, I really nearly ran you over with the crops. What are you doing out here? The man asked him. Still in a daze, he looked to the left and saw his truck on the canal in the distance, tailgate still down. 
He coughed and spat again. A bloody luggy landed on the ground. He felt his ear and saw blood on his hand when he pulled it away. Ah, what the hell, he said to himself. The man looked at him strangely. Now there's no reason to speak that kind of language, son. Ain't nothing bad enough to curse about. My name's Stephen. I work these fields around here. What's your name, son? Law barely noticed Stephen was even there. He was too occupied with the memories of what had happened the night before. The star, the glowing room, the pain that was still fresh in his head. You know it's not polite to not answer somebody when they're talking to you, son. He looked at Stephen out of the side of his eyes. I'm not your fucking son. And if I was, I would have shot myself a long time ago, Law said. He didn't want to pull up with this redneck so early in the morning. At least he thought it was in the morning. He looked at, and he looked up, saw the sun in the, was high in the midday sky. <laughs> Stephen grum, grunted, clearly offended by what Law had said. You better get out of here before I call the cops. This is private property and you're trespassing. Take your garbage with you. That was when he noticed the empty bottle of tequila lying on the ground. He didn't remember buying any booze last night. The gas stations didn't sell hard liquor, and the liquor store had all closed while he and Katie were having dinner. Could what have happened to him just been some alcohol-induced dream? That didn't seem very possible. It was way too real to be a dream. He stood up, made his way to his truck. Stephen climbed back in his tractor and resumed his work in the fields. When he got back to his truck, he noticed that his wrists were bruised. What the hell happened last night? He couldn't figure it out. It was all too strange. He started his truck and winced when the stereo came blasting on. Quickly, he shut it off. His head was pounding. He put the truck in gear and with a cloud of dust, flew down the canal road. The last thing he wanted was to still be there when Stephen called the cops and that asshole sheriff showed up. Driving down the road, he thought of Katie. She must be furious with him by now. He pulled his phone out to call her and let her know that he was all right, sort of. Scrolling through the names on his phone, he highlighted hers and was about to hit send when an incoming call interrupted him. It was work calling him. He didn't really want to answer it. He really didn't want to have to talk to his asshole of a boss. He was supposed to be at work and his boss was going to be pissed that he was as late as he was. He needed the job so he figured he would answer and fake being sick so they wouldn't have to go in. Hey, Clint, sorry that I didn't call earlier. I've been stuck in the bathroom all morning. I must have ate something that wasn't so good last night. I'm not going to be able to make it in today, he said in his best sick voice. Clint had bought that voice many times before, and hopefully he would this time as well. Clint Lincoln had been the dairy manager for the past 15 years, and he was not Law's favorite person in the world. Clint was short and squat. Law doubted that he had ever had a day of exercise in his life. Clint's bald head reflected the store's overhead lights into his thick bottle glasses that could probably fry an ant from ten yards out. Clint was not very approving of the job Law did at the store, and he reminded Law of it almost every day. Whenever it was a snide mark about the way the yogurt was faced, or a backhanded compliment about how the boxes of freight were stacked, it was always something negative whenever Law got there. Law didn't understand why not having all the yogurt facing the same way was going to stop some soccer mom trying to diet from buying the junk. Or how anybody would really care about the boxes being stacked a certain way. 
He didn't think that he would ever be able to understand Clint's thinking. That's why he never saw himself making a career out of the job. Law, it's a little late for that. You haven't shown up in three days. <laughs> that must been that must have been some party you went to, Clint said. He found sounded very angry. Three days? What are you talking about? I just saw you yesterday, Law said. How could he even miss three days? It was last night that he pulled onto the canal road to watch the stars. Without really thinking, he pulled out the phone he pulled the phone away from his ear and checked the date readout. It proved what Kate had just said, or Clint had just said. It was three days since he'd left Katie's. What he had just heard was a bomb going off in his head. Three days of his life gone without ever being able to get it back. It kind of made him sad to think that he had no idea where three days had gone. Yeah, you sure did. Look, don't bother coming back in. You're fired, Clint said bluntly. What? Oh, come on, Clint. You can't fire me. I need this job, man, Law pleaded. This was not good. The grocery store job was the only thing keeping him from having to move back in with his parents. Law, I'm all, I'm tired of you always coming in late and hungover and wearing the same clothes that you had on the night before, reeking of booze. You do nothing but a piss-poor job, and that's when you actually are working and not bullshitting with the other employees. You have the worst attitude of anyone I've ever had working for me. You have bad customer service skills, and you're always rude. I'm sorry, but I'm sick of it, and we don't want you working here anymore. Good luck with whatever you do, and I hope things work out for you. The call ended, and he heard it, and he heard it was dial tone. Clint hung up on him without giving him a chance to defend himself. What a coward. He didn't even have the guts to fire Law face to face, which was probably a good thing. If they had been in the same room, Law probably would have knocked that stupid howdy-doody haircut right off his scalp. The way Clint had treated the situation made him hate the guy even more than he already did, which he didn't know was possible. God damn it! Law yelled and punched the dashboard three times hard. His knuckles turned bright red. He thought about calling Clint back and giving him a mouthful about what Law thought of him, but he decided against it. He knew Clint wouldn't take his call. He would hang up before Law would have a chance to say anything to him. The fat bastard was probably sitting at the, at the manager's desk with a big smile on his face, proud of himself the way he had fired Law. Law fought an urge to draw, drive over to the store and punch the asshole in the face. Instead, he got a better idea. He turned down a side street off the highway and headed for the place he should have gone in the first place. The bar. And that concludes Chapter 3. Thank you for listening. Visit my website at www.alawburns.com for more stories and my other podcasts and links to my books. You can reach me at alawburns at gmail.com or at alawburns on Twitter. All works on this podcast are copyrighted by Andrew Burns. See you next time for Chapter 4.